0: But prayer time, prayer time, when is that for you? I mean, what causes you to go into prayer time? We have a scheduled time at the church on Thursdays, and during the morning service, we we have a time of prayer as well. But besides that, what causes you to go into prayer time? I imagine when things get difficult, you would be more likely to go into prayer time. And sometimes you know, prayer is stronger when things are a struggle. When you have turmoil going on all around you, then you, you go to prayer. And it's a time where you you, you you come to God and you just lay before him your concerns and your worries. If that is true, then... You know what? We should be a praying people by now. <laughs> I mean, since since March, we've had COVID-19. We've had the murder hornets. We've had racial injustice. We've had riots. We've had wildfires and hurricanes and floodings and, and other places as well, too. And guess what? We're going to also to have elections come up in November. So we should be a praying people by now, uh, especially by November but, uh, you know, the concept of prayer is a, a fairly simple one. It reminds me of the time that um, I was a counselor, at uh, a staff person actually, at, at uh, Tillicum Day Camp. And during that time, we'd have kids from first grade through sixth grade in their uh, grade groups. And uh, it would be from Monday through Friday. They'd go home after each day and come back the next morning. And uh, I would have my group, and and we'd take them around and do different activities and teach them about God and uh, lessons like that from the Bible and have great adventures and times uh, out there. And I remember uh, that there would be times then where, like after the devotional in the afternoon, uh, we'd have a time for the kids to make a decision for Jesus, and we'd give them that invitation. And when we do that, uh, after the invitation, to say so, you know, do you want to pray with me about those things? And you know, the child didn't know what to say or even how to how to say it when when he he or she was going to be praying. And so I would then I would then encourage them and suggest that they just talk to God about it as if He were right here with us. So you just talk to Him about what's going on. And uh, you know, prayer really is as simple as that. It's simply talking to God. And if you're struggling with your prayer life, I want to encourage you that God hears your prayers. You don't have to pray in a specific way for Him to hear you, using holy words or repeating any religious phrases. You don't have to pray in any specific place. It could be anywhere. It could be here in your home. It could be wherever you are. It doesn't have to be in the church, at the altar. Uh, Any place you spend time with the Lord is holy ground. You don't have to have someone else pray for you either. No one is more important to God than you are, and he wants to hear from you. And you don't have to pray a long prayer. The Lord's Prayer that we're going to look at here today is rather short. Um, and also, too, you don't have to pray a beautiful prayer. Just speak from the heart. That's the beauty in it right there. That's coming from your heart. So all that to say is that, you know, God hears your prayers and that you don't have to pray in a specific way or place or or whatever else. Just bring it to God from your heart. And ultimately, there is no perfect prayer because we are not perfect people. The important thing is that you take time to pray. And this is a time for prayer. So let's spend a few minutes looking at what the Bible says about prayer. We're going to begin with one of the most familiar prayers in the Bible, the model prayer, if you will, often called the Lord's Prayer, and it's found in Matthew chapter six, verses nine through thirteen. And if you're turning there right now, I'll give you a moment to do that and uh, and, and get to that chapter, Matthew chapter six, verses nine through thirteen. And as you do turn there, I'm going to invite uh, a guest reader for us. That this person is going to read uh, the. The Scripture here for us today of Matthew chapter 6 verses 9 through 13 and I'm sure you'll you'll know who this person is and A familiar face for you all. So we'll go ahead and allow this person to read scripture now. Hey y'all Today's scripture reading is Matthew 6 9 through 13 and this is the New Living Translation Pray like this our Father in heaven. May your name be kept holy may your kingdom come soon May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Thank you, Rachel, for doing that. It's good hearing your voice and seeing you. And uh, I trust that all things are going well down there in Texas. But anyway, uh, great to have her read scripture for us. Gordon Jaffe, I don't know if you know him or knew him at all or not. Gordon Jaffe, he was an old-time pastor of our conference. And father-in-law, actually, to Keith Lamb, who was a pastor over at our Hopewell Church in uh, near Salem. Um, he would be invited to lead the prayer time during the morning service at Labish Center Evangelical Church, where I was a youth pastor. Mark Burke was senior pastor, and Gordon Jaffe was a retired pastor of our conference at that time. But he was also our Uh, pastor to the seniors of our church at LeBish Center. And uh, he would stand up right where he was sitting there in the congregation, and he would lead out in prayer with his big booming voice. And boy, when he prayed, heaven came down. (laughs) And at the end of his praying, he would always lead the congregation in the Lord's Prayer. So we'd all recite it together when he did that. And that's where I learned the Lord's Prayer and, and, and memorizing it and how how it all went. Now I, rem, I I memorized the debtors debtors version, not the transgressors version, and that's always funny when when we all come together and, and recite the Lord's Prayer. And sometimes that gets people tongue tied because they know one version uh, than the other. But that prayer is precious to us because it is it is a prayer that is taught to us by our Lord. Jesus taught that prayer to us. This prayer teaches us about our daily prayer life because it teaches us to pray. We join Jesus in the school of prayer when we pray this prayer because there are a lot of lessons to learn. It teaches us to pray to our Father when it says our Father. He is our Father, not a remote, uncaring person. And Father, the word Father, implies a relationship. So there's a relationship there. And he loves us and cares for us as his children. So it teaches us to pray to our Father. It also teaches us to pray to our Father in heaven. Our Father in heaven. He is as close as he can be, but he is also in heaven, which speaks of God's position as sovereign. He is on heaven's throne and he is worthy of our faith. He is outside of the temporary world in which we live. So we are are taught the comfort of nearness and the power of God, our Father in Heaven. This prayer also teaches us to praise God. Hallowed be your name. And that word, hallowed, is holy. This reminds us of God's holiness. God's name is holy, and we worship a holy God. And, we, and he must be approached in fear and reverence as well. This acknowledges how awesome God is and that we want to serve him every day. To, to truly hallow his name means that we see him as Lord over all. And when his name is hallowed, hallowed, we can never say, no, Lord. We can never say, not me, Lord. And the only word that fits with Lord is Yes. So we should be saying yes, Lord. To hallow God, we simply as- ascribe to him the honor and glory and majesty that is that is and has always been His. So it teaches us to praise God. It also teaches us to desire the kingdom of God in, in three ways. you know your kingdom come, your kingdom come for Jesus to return to the earth. The word kingdom, doesn't refer to a geographic location necessarily but to dominion and sovereignty when we pray your kingdom come we are praying for christ's rule upon the earth and the, the, this this coming kingdom points us ahead to the time when jesus will rule and reign upon the earth in perfect glory and peace and righteousness so we also too in praying that uh, God's kingdom come, is for the rule of God in our lives. We are literally praying for the kingdom of God to be realized in our own lives. And if you are saved, the kingdom of God is in you, as Luke chapter 17, verse 21 speaks of. And when we pray this prayer, we are asking Jesus to have supreme rule in our lives. Oh, we will never be effective as followers of Christ until we are to pray my kingdom go, <laughs> and your kingdom come. Jesus must have the, the key to every room in our lives. He must be in absolute control of our lives. So we are praying when we pray, uh, your kingdom come. We're praying for the rule of God in our lives. And then thirdly, we're also to praying for others to know him as we pray for God's kingdom to come. As we are yielded to God and and He is ruling and reigning in our lives, we can play a part in bringing others to Him as well. Another way God's kingdom is brought to the earth is when a a new soul is brought to Him through salvation. So when we pray for the lost, we are praying for God's kingdom to grow on the earth. And this, this, this Lord's Prayer also teaches us that we seek for God's will to be done. That's what we want your will be done in our lives and in the lives of others it teaches us to place god's will supreme in our lives the prayer prayed in the will of god receives the answer of god as first john chapter 5 verses 14 and 15 tell us and prayer never changes god's mind but it does quicken his activity in the world prayer moves heaven on earth and the key is to be lost in His will, that His will be done. This prayer, the Lord's Prayer, also teaches us to trust God to supply our daily bread, give us this day our daily bread, Uh, basically our daily needs. And Sometimes that can be hard, that can be hard to do, but Jesus taught us to pray about that. We need to pray for our daily needs, and there's no sin and there's no shame in asking God to meet our physical needs. He has promised to supply them all. We need to take today's need to God. But we also, too, need to leave tomorrow's need until tomorrow. (laughs) Don't be worrying about that. Don't be fretting about what tomorrow will hold. We shouldn't be worrying about that at all, right, As, as Scripture tells us. So God calls us to rest in Him for today and trust Him totally for tomorrow. So trust Him for it. Don't worry about it, but trust Him for tomorrow. Rest in Him for today. And we should also pray for those around us to have their daily bread uh, met as well, their needs met as well. We need to look to Him for those things we lack, because He has what we need. So He's the one we need to look to. Also, this prayer, the Lord's Prayer, teaches us to seek God's forgiveness Forgive us our debts. Forgiveness is something we all need every day. Uh, we, a debt is something owed that must be paid back. If any of you have uh, debts, you understand that. You have to pay that back. But it can be translated also too as sin, uh, trespass, shortcomings, resentments, what we owe to God, or anything we have done wrong. We need to seek God for the forgiveness of our personal sins, of course, and that's what First John chapter 1 verses 8 through 10 speaks about. And when we spend more time in His presence, we become more aware of His holiness and our sinfulness. Someone has said, the greater the saint, the greater the sense of sin and the awareness of sin within. <laughs> that's very true. And it also reminds us this prayer also reminds us to forgive others. We cannot enjoy the forgiveness of God while holding grudges and a, and a bitter spirit toward others. An unforgiving spirit will totally destroy your prayer life. Today's culture encourages encourages the revenge factor, it encourages us to go at it and take revenge over, over the forgiveness that we can have for, to, towards others. And that's totally wrong. Unforgiveness will eat you alive spiritually. It will eat you alive, filling you with bitterness, anger, rage, anxiety, as well as depression, and a lot of other things as well. I think Paul calls it a root of bitterness, as Hebrews 12, verse 15 talks about. And we should practice the forgiveness of others because you are never more like God than when you forgive. What, you know what kind of ask yourself what kind of God do we serve? We serve a God who is just, He is loving, He is gracious and kind and forgiving. So when we forgive others we are exercising true godliness and what what is what is being done in heaven? Think about that. There's worship, there's praising of, of Jesus, uh, there's forgiveness of sin. So you are literally bringing heaven to earth when you forgive a brother or a sister in Christ. So forgiveness, you are never more like God when you forgive. We should practice the forgiveness of others because it is only reasonable that those who are forgiven, forgive. If you've been forgiven, then it's reasonable that you also forgive. Matthew 18 verses uh, uh, 21 through 35, I believe, talks about that as well too. As, Je- as Jesus gives a uh, description about that. He has forgiven us a huge debt. We can surely forgive others of a much smaller one. And it also, too, we should practice the forgiveness of others because failure to forgive results in humiliating rebuke. <laughs> it does. And again, back in Matthew uh, chapter 18, talks about that as well. When we choose not to forgive, we will be tortured by bitterness and resentment, as well as the loss of fellowship with God. In fact, when we refuse to forgive, we we are assuming the place and the power of God himself, as Romans chapter 12 speaks about where we should leave room for God's wrath. We are playing God, and none of us, none of us, is qualified for that job. So failure to forgive results in humiliating rebuke. So we should practice forgiveness of others. This, this prayer, the Lord's Prayer, also teaches us to reject the temptations to sin. Lead us not into temptation. We all face temptation. But please remember that God isn't the one doing the tempting. Remember what James chapter 1, verse 3 talks about. God does not tempt us. Our prayer should be that God will direct our paths so that we may avoid the places of temptation. Let's not even set foot in those areas of temptation. This is a prayer to maintain that close fellowship with God, so that we are not tempted. We need to be devoted to God. Because when we are not devoted to God, we leave ourselves open for that temptation. And when we're open for that temptation, we move ourselves down that slippery slope into sin. And also, too, this uh, Lord's Prayer reminds us that there is an enemy who tempts us, and he doesn't love us like God loves us. Deliver us from evil. and Literally, this is a prayer for help in avoiding sin, as 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 speaks of. This is a plea for God to change us to protect us, to keep us, and walk with us, that we might be sheltered from the power of the evil one. This is help to avoid the pitfalls of sin. The Lord's Prayer. And the Lord's Prayer also teaches us to honor God as truly more powerful and more glorious than anything else we know. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. God is to be praised for the king he is, and he deserves to be glorified. He is to be praised for his abilities and for the times in which he has demonstrated his power in our lives. Do you recall those moments? He demands and deserves all the glory in every situation, every situation in life. He should be glorified on earth as he is in heaven. So it reminds us to do that. And this, this also, too, this Lord's Prayer ends in, a thing, in, in one word that we should also, too, be saying as well. It teaches us to say, Amen. <laughs> amen. Basically, let it be so. Let your will be done. It's not a very long prayer, but it is so powerful. Prayer is something that some feel intimidated by, but you, you never have to be shy or hesitant in your prayers. The Bible tells us that we can come to God in prayer with a confident spirit. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16 says, Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. The Amplified Version of this portion of Scripture says it this way, it says, let us then fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace, the throne of God's unmerited favor to us sinners, that we may receive mercy for our failures and find grace to help in good time for every need, appropriate help and well-timed help, coming just when we need it. <laughs> that's, that's a good, good version of that. Prayer is meant to be a time to... Find true help from a willing Father who is able to give us what we need. And remember, all along I've been saying what we need, not what we want. Not necessarily what we want. Sometimes that happens. But all the time, God gives us what we need. At the throne of God, we will find two essential things that give prayer such great power. One Is grace grace God's favor we cannot earn it is a it is a throne of grace that we approach and then the second thing that gives gives prayer such great power is mercy mercy God withholds what we really deserve and is merciful to us so do you need to pray about something you or someone you know or, or love is COVID-19 positive and needs healing. You or someone you know has lost their job and is struggling. You or someone you know has become fearful and anxious in this pandemic. You or someone you know has been affected by the racial injustice going on around us. You or someone you know has been terribly affected by the wildfires. You or someone you know is struggling mentally and needs help. You or someone you know is lost and needs the Lord. You or someone you know is hurting because their kids have left the Lord. There could be a thousand reasons why we need to pray. Listen to the Bible and come to the throne of grace to find help. Psalm 50 verse uh, 15 says, Call on me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you, and you will honor me. Think about your greatest need right now as, as as you go to God in prayer. He hears us right now. This is a time for prayer. An invisible virus has caused distress around the globe, and many are struggling to find hope. They are living in dis- in discouragement, especially also, too, if you... Couple that with the wildfires that we've just experienced. The troubles of of loneliness, of anger and stress and pain, disappointment, also to addiction, are leading people to lives of despair. But there's one thing I know. When we can give all this to God who hears and moves, we can experience peace. Listen to the Word of God talk about how prayer blesses Prayerful people, give all your cares to the Lord through prayer. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 and 7, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that He may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on Him, because He cares for you. And did you catch that, though? It begins with humbling ourselves before God, under His mighty hand, allowing Him to lift us up, In due time. It's in His timing, not our own. Then we cast our our cares, our anxiety, all our, our anxiety on Him. Because He cares for you. He cares for me. I have to keep on giving all my worries and cares to God. When they come to me, it's like a red flag going, whoop, that goes in the God file, let's pray. Let's give that to God. We do this in prayer. We lay them all at His feet. And we ask him to relieve our worried hearts. That's the key in, in trying to, to get away from worrying about tomorrow or worrying about those things that haven't even happened yet. Give it over to God. Lay them all at his feet and ask him to relieve your worried heart. Are we praying about this virus? I hope we are. Are we praying for the wildfires? that are still going on. We need to pray that they get uh, all conquered. Uh, are we praying about our community? Are we praying about our families? You know, this is a time for prayer. And then, in prayer, we can experience peace from God through prayer. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, one of my favorite verses, Don't be, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Ask a prayerful person about this verse or these verses, and they'll tell you about it. Everything we worry about should become a prayer. So as the worries come your way, as the anxiety things come your way, they cause anxiety in your life, as those things cause worry in your life, That then should just be transferred right on over to prayer. When you feel yourself getting all worried and and anxious inside, it should trigger that prayer response to just pray about it and give it over to God. When we turn it over to Him and we thank Him for who He is, something amazing happens. (laughs) Peace, peace that passes understanding will guard our hearts and our minds. That's what Scripture promises, and that's what we should rely upon. Those worries come our way, give it to God, give it to God. Charles Stanley said this about uh, uh, giving those over to God and and the, the concerns that are in our hearts. He says, we can be tired, weary, and emotionally distraught, but after spending time alone with God, we find that He injects into our bodies energy, power, and strength. You know, we may not understand uh, where that peace comes from. Okay? but we know the promise is that God can give it to us. So rely upon that promise. This is the time when we need peace. This is a time for prayer. And keep on praying. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verses 17 through 18 says, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you, in Christ Jesus. We may be tempted to stop praying if we see nothing happening as a result. We pray and we think eh, it's not going on. nothing's happening, so we stop praying. We may be tempted to stop praying if things even get worse than they were before. <laughs> we prayed and this got worse. Well, you know what? I'm gonna stop praying because all things are only getting worse. So if I stop praying, things won't get worse, right? You know, we, we may be tempted to stop praying if too much time goes by, and the request seems to have fallen on deaf ears. We pray and we pray and we pray, and we, we it almost seems like no one's there to listen, no one's there to answer the prayer, and nothing could be further from the truth. I'm sure you're aware um, of the of the three answers for prayer. I talked about it myself to you guys before, but there's yes, there's no, and there's wait, right? But I also like what Bill Hybels has to say about how God answers our prayers. He says this. He says, If the request is wrong, God says no. If the timing is wrong, God says slow. If you are wrong, if you are wrong, God says grow. But if the request is right, the timing is right, and you are right, God says go. So, no, slow, grow, go. You know, prayer is an important part of of our lives. We need to be involved in prayer constantly. Uh, Ian Bounds, he's written a number of books on prayer. And he says this about prayer. He says, God shapes the world by prayer. The more praying there is in the world, the better the world will be. The mightier the forces against evil. We need to be praying, because as Ephesians tells us, we don't we don't come against the um, uh, flesh and blood. It's the forces of evil, the heavenly in the heavenly realms. There's a spiritual warfare going on all around us, and we need to be praying, um, especially because of that. But you know, is God shaping your world by prayer? Our, our world sure does need his mighty power to battle this virus, COVID-19, and all the struggles that go along with it. I love the reminder that William Barclay, a uh, Christian author, gives about prayer. He says, when we pray, remember this, the love of God that wants the best for us. Remember the wisdom of God that knows what is best for us. And remember the power of God that can accomplish it. I think that's good things to, to remember. You know, one more encouragement from Scripture to uh, to pray. It teaches us, this portion of Scripture teaches us to lean on the Lord. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. I'm sure you've used this verse many times gone back to it during these days of COVID-19 and wildfires and everything else. Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6, you probably could quote it with me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight. This is definitely a time for prayer, and we need to be praying people. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I ask right now that you would be with each one listening and watching today. Lord, that you would remind each one of us that when we pray, you listen, you hear, and you respond. And I pray, Lord, that as we come to you in prayer, that we would be ready to pray in faith, by faith, of the things that are happening in our lives, trusting in you to take care of those things, the needs in our lives. And Lord, as we pray, I also pray that we would, like James mentions, that we are not... uh, Um, flip-flopping back and forth, not even believing uh, that our prayers are going to come through, um, like that wave being tossed back and forth. We should be solid and grounded in knowing that God can answer our prayers, that He will do these things if His will allows. And that's how we need to be praying. Help us, Lord, above all, as we pray these things, believing that He can do them. That we pray these things according to his will. That's, That's how we put that amen at the end. Let this be done in your will. So I pray, Lord, that if there are things in our lives, and I'm sure there are a number of things, we have concerns, we have worries that this year has brought to us ever since pretty much the beginning of the year. And help us, Lord, to just lay them at your feet Every time they come to our our way. COVID-19, at your feet, Lord. Murder hornets, at your feet, Lord. Racial injustice, at your feet, Lord. The riots going on all around us, at your feet, Lord. The wildfires that are surging around, at your feet, Lord. The hurricanes that have happened in other parts of the country, but I'm sure affecting people we know, at your feet, Lord. We lay all these things at your feet, the elections coming up for our country, for presidential elections and other elections as well too, at your feet, Lord. We lay all these at your feet, trusting that you will take care of them, trusting that you will meet the needs, trusting that you will answer them according to your will. Lord, help us to be a praying people. Help us, Lord, to be expecting your answers as we pray. And Lord, I pray that as we look back on these days, Six months from now, and as we've committed these things to you in prayer, we will see how you've answered them. So, Lord, I pray that you would be with us in our concerns, in our anxieties, and as we pray to you, leaving these at your feet, Lord, that you would answer them according to your will. We trust you, Lord. We trust you for how you're going to answer these things. We trust you in your timing. We trust you in in what you're going to do, So, Lord, we don't pick these back up again. We lay them at your feet and allow you to take care of them. And thank you, Jesus, that you are God that can be trusted. So, Lord, as we come to a close in this time together, I just want to remind everyone to keep on praying. Just because we say amen here doesn't mean we stop praying. And, Lord, thank you that you hear us wherever we're at, no matter what we're praying about. Thank you, Jesus. We love you so much.